Greetings, programs and applications. I'm Ben. And I am Keith. And we are the, the Two Gay, Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks webcast. Where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And, of course, we can be found at TGGeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 148 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. As always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's been a good day. <laughs> um, we have a full house today, though. Um, we are also joined by Norm Harper and Val Halverson who are part of the creative team behind the comic book, The Sequels. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, doing really good. Of course, of course. Um, before we get into The Sequels, we are going to talk to you guys and get to know you, so our guests know who we're talking to. Uh, so whoever wants to start is fine to start, but uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourselves. All right, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start. Um I'm Norm Harper. I'm a writer of comic books. Uh, I've uh, sequels is uh, my third comic project uh, that I've written. I've done uh, the Ricky Tiki Tavi graphic novel adaptation, Ricky, uh, that came out uh, a couple years back, and I just had Hap Haven come out from Lionforge. And usually, I like uh, to do really uh, fun all ages kind of stuff, but the sequels got a little darker, and uh, that was an interesting <laughs> change of pace. And that's me. Um, I'm Val Halverson. Um, I'm a comic book artist and illustrator, and I did the modern part of the sequels. Um, I do both art and I write on the side, and I have a couple of anthologies that are coming up later in the summer. That's awesome. Are you able to tell us about those anthologies? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting on the go-ahead. <laughs> Well, that's cool, because we'll just have to get you on later to talk about those, too. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things we talk about on this podcast are our areas of geekitude or what we like to geek out over. Joe and I have some overlap, but we've also definitely got like our separate interests. Uh, would you mind sharing with us what your areas of geekitude are? Yeah, uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Transformers. Um, and, oh, cool. Uh, I totally geek out on that end. Uh, also... Uh, a Lego enthusiast. I have a uh, dedicated space in the house for nice. my Lego city, uh, which is actually devoted entirely to 80s properties. So I've got the Castle Grayskull, Snake Mountain, 
Oh my uh, Boulder god. Boulder Hill from Mask, uh, the Turtle Sewer Lair entrance, uh, Knight Rider, A Team. <laughs> They're all just hanging out together in one little city. It and, sounds like Lego's uh, overlaps with a lot of other geeky things as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed by Mask. That's something I haven't heard from for for years. And I used to love that cartoon. Oh, yeah. it's uh, it, it doesn't hold up. But, uh, <laughs> I, I revisited, revisited it while building uh, some mask vehicles. And uh, uh, yeah, so, sometimes it's, it's better to just let your memory be the thing. <laughs> but, uh, I hear you. I hear you. How about you, Val? Um, pretty much the, the main thing I do is I just watch a lot of horror movies. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real big on horror. Um, I also cosplay on the side. I make my own costumes and that kind of thing. Um, and I play a lot of video games. Ooh, what do you play? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the most recent thing I played. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 is real good. Cool. But uh, that, I, I don't know much about that one. Is it in the horror genre? Um, it's more. <laughs> it's more kind of a 2005 era butt rock kind of cheesy thing. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's fun. It, it's got some horror elements to it, but it, it's pretty goofy. <laughs> Yeah, it's described as an action-adventure hack-and-slash video game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, that covers it, I guess. People, don't, people underestimate the cathartic uh, value of video games. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, do either of you have an area where you feel like your geekitude is low? You, um, you don't necessarily feel like you can fully participate in the conversation when it comes up at parties? Oh, yeah. Um uh like the the heavy sci-fi stuff uh like uh dune uh or or even like some iterations of, of star trek uh it just i doctor who like things like that i have a i have not kept up with and uh, mm-hmm. i'll just stand in the corner uh, and <laughs> discuss that kind of thing and and uh just stir my drink and you know <laughs> Val? how about you Val? um probably say just books like novels um i used to read a lot when i was a kid but i've really gotten out of the habit when i got older um i wish i had more time to read books but it takes up a lot so all right yeah I, i'm an english teacher and and reading is hard for me to fit into the schedule <laughs> so i i hear you adulting can get in the way with that kind of stuff yeah we love to meet geeks that are fellow geeks that are like into a number of different things, you know, like, um, just like, like Val, you said, like you're into horror, you're also into like certain video games. Uh, and obviously those things, uh, overlap sometimes. If you had to pick a favorite fandom, uh, uh, what would you go with? If it, what, what would you say is your core, uh, uh, geeky interest? Uh, that's a hard one. <laughs> right? Yeah, it always is. Because um, I, I kind of go from thing to thing. Like, I never really have, like, one singular fandom, I guess. I'd, if I had to pick one, it probably would be JoJo, which I guess that kind of overlaps into comics and horror. <laughs> okay. 
What is, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it because <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> I am, I am so interested uh, right now in learning about so, more about this. <laughs> <laughs> so basically every, I guess, season or whatever of it, they follow a different Jojo, which is just someone in a family where they all have the same nickname for some reason. It's a thing. Is it the, is <laughs> but, it the um, manga that you're reading or is it the anime that you're watching? I do both. Okay. But, um, it's so hard to describe what, <laughs> what Jojo is. No, I'm reading about it right now and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this looks insane and amazing. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of posing. Um, <laughs> everyone is named after like some kind of old rock, like classic rock kind of band. Like there's a character named Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> like that's just his name. Uh, uh, there's a lot of punching, a lot of weird powers. It, it's it's weird, oh, but does, it, it's really great. <laughs> it says here someone uses an ancient stone mask to become a vampire. Oh, that's the first one. Oh, okay. Wow. Va- vampires. <laughs> vampires is as uh, normal as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's it's this. <laughs> uh, w- when you start getting way into JoJo. Um, way further into Jojo, there is a part which is basically like Hidalgo, except they are trying to find different parts, like skeleton parts of Jesus Christ. And also dinosaurs are being resurrected. Okay, this is going on the list. It's going on the list. I I feel like this needs to be like a a Joe and Ray sits down. Oh my god! Live cats while we're watching it because the just the little blurb online says this is a hybrid anime series that takes pieces from such genres as paranormal, adventure, comedy, action, and fantasy. It's like. There's nothing that it's not in here. Oh my no, god! This no, it's, ancient <laughs> stone mask is uh is from Aztec Mexican culture. Like this, I yeah, I'm so into this right now. That <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> cool. Well, that's so. So I guess you would say, and I'm I'm coming to you next, uh, Norm. Um, so if if you had to say like you know the geeky interest of yours that felt most like um like a place of comfort. I know me and Joe always talk about how like we're into lots of geeky things, but when we're really tired or we're just exhausted from the rest of life and you know, what is the one geeky thing that soothes you? It sounds like Jojo's bizarre adventure would do that for you. Yeah. That and a uh, probably star Trek probably fits that bill better for me. <laughs> nice. Nice. Star Trek's a really easy thing to put on and, you know, kind of veg out and watch. But- yeah. What about you, Norm? Oh, if I if I had to narrow it down to one, uh, I think I would say the Muppets. Actually, what uh, you That's are like awesome. my best friend right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean um, th- those characters, like you know, everybody knows who they are. They're they're so distinct and 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 fun and and welcoming. And then you also get. You know, you you get the, the the Treasure Island adaptation. You get the episode where all the Star Wars characters show up on the Muppet Show. Uh, I'm going to sneak the Fraggles in there for a little bit of fantasy. Like, 
it, it's so uh, <laughs> sort of like all encompassing and, and just a nice warm hug. If I if I had to if I had to narrow it down, like you can't have anything else but this one piece of geekery for the rest of your life. I think I think the Muppets. Yeah. Okay, I've got to ask. Do you have? I mean, it's I know it's like choosing a favorite child, but do you have like oh, a Kermit. favorite Muppet? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a Kermit fan. <laughs> I have Gonzo's my favorite. Gonzo. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's tough. Um, I think probably. Oh God, I don't know. It's too tough for me. <laughs> I, I I was really fascinated slash freaked out by Animal when I was a kid. See, he's my favorite. Is he? He's kind of scared me. <laughs> did you Did you watch a lot of uh, Muppet Babies? Yeah. Oh, love that show. Hell yeah. yeah. So, so if you watch a lot of Muppet Babies, Animal's a lot less scary. And then you go That's back. True. And, um, I don't know. He's just like, he's just like, I've, I'm a dog lover. And so I feel like Animal is just kind of somewhere between Muppet and dog. And he's just, <laughs> he's very loyal. <laughs> Uh, is it weird that like I was also like really drawn to Fozzie? No, Fozzie's, Fozzie's great. <laughs> Fozzie's a great yeah. character. He just seems so comforting to me. I don't know. Like it was like when when I was too freaked out by Animal, I was like, "Where's Fozzie? I'm gonna go chill with him." <laughs> I also like the uh, Doctor Teeth's band. Like Electric they always, mayhem. I just <laughs> always thought that they were kind of yeah, Electric Mayhem. I was always really just impacted by the the move, like the herky jerky movements of like Muppets and stuff. Like as a kid, I just know like it was too odd for me. Like I, I needed, I craved rules and structure and normality <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and nor- normalcy. <laughs> so I was just about to say, well, we have to do an episode on the Muppets, but I don't know that I don't know that Ray will get through that. <laughs> Muppet, Muppet Babies, man, that was my jam. I was all about that. That was my favorite cartoon for a long time. So, yeah, that is a, that is a cartoon that, that holds up upon revisiting. Like, like it's, it's oh god, awesome. yeah. I haven't watched it in so long. Oh. Now i i haven't I haven't listened to it in a very long time. But um, Norm, have you have you heard of the? Um, the podcast Skaterial. No. It is a podcast where they go th- episode by episode through the Muppet Babies oh as a way to try and, well they try to, to try to discover what happened to Skeeter since you never see her after the Muppet Babies. <laughs> Jesus. And at least when they started out cuz again I haven't watched listened to it. I mean I was hardcore the first season. I mean I even like they posted the question um, what are Scooter and Skeeter? And I actually said that they were, what did I say they were? Oh my God. Those big South American rodents. Um, capybaras. <laughs> I said, I think they're capybaras. And so ever since then, they've been called capybaras on the show. So um, I don't, I know at the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning, I think they, they took themselves really seriously. I don't know if they, like they tried to, they were like, anytime they started laughing, they tried to turn it into crying because of the plight of Skeeter, because they know she's out there somewhere. Um, (laughs) It's a great, it's a great podcast. It's got really dark all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh yeah. Some of the theories they come up with, it's like, they're all suspicious of nanny and like. (laughs) Fine Skeeter. Jeez. Yeah. It's great. All right. Um, wow. Like yep. that makes the, the Muppets <laughs> make me happy. So this was a good thing. Um, 
Is there anything that you guys have in your kind of geek repertoire that you absolutely love, but you feel like not enough people know about it and you need to like get the word of that thing out there? Oh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like everything I love is a much bigger audience than I do. <laughs> 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 um, I'll say, uh, Lindsay Ellis on YouTube. If you're not, if you if you're into oh, she's great. If you're into geekery and you're not watching her channel, then you're missing out. Oh, is she? Uh, she does a lot of the Disney uh, like critiques and uh, yeah, essays, yeah. right? Yes. Essays on, she she covers a lot of Disney stuff. Uh, she, yes. She does a lot with the uh, the Transformers movies, the Michael Bay ones, which is yeah awesome to see like, like the whole plate legit, yeah the whole plate series it, it's like legit like media criticism like aimed at, at the least deserving media <laughs> yeah uh, for criticism it's brilliant. i and love then, her channel uh she's got a three-part thing on the hobbit that uh, got nominated uh for hugo or saturn one of those i think it was a hugo yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, wow it's brilliant and and it's it's not just like like she goes to New Zealand, talks to people involved with the production. Like it's a it's a really really impressive like feature length, basically documentary about the uh, the making of those movies. That's that's really really great. So that's that's awesome. That's what I would say. If you're not into, uh, you should be. That's a great one. I definitely spent an entire afternoon doing nothing but watching uh, videos on her channel. <laughs> that, that's on my list now. Yeah. Val. How about you, Val. Um, I guess going off of uh, YouTube stuff, uh, Defunct Land oh, so good. is a great channel. So um, it's basically they go into like defunct uh, Disney attractions and go into like what happened, why are they not there anymore, why do they shut them down. Um, they have a really good series that I think just ended, uh, kind of like a mini documentary series on Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Like it is like TV quality stuff. This looks great. Yeah, that channel's awesome. Bert, wow, the history of McDonald's and Disney, the history of the terrifying Splash Mountain. <laughs> yes, this is great. <laughs> this looks awesome. I never heard of it. Defunct Land. Cool. I always say it's a good podcast if I walk away with a list of new stuff, and I am definitely walking. I've got three so far. <laughs> Uh, so Val, you talked a little bit about some anthologies that you're working on that you can't, uh, can't quite share yet. Is there anything you're working on that you can share or coming up or maybe recently completed? Um, I'm actually working on a short horror story right now. Um, I'm writing it, drawing it, coloring it. I'm actually doing the lettering too. (laughs) Wow. Um, I'm probably going to have that done by the end of the week. And I'll have that up on my Gumroad probably around Friday, I'd say. On your what? Uh, Gumroad. It's a, it's like a indie comic, uh, hosting site. Oh, nice. Why do I not know about that? Gumroad. Yeah. This is something we should know about. Yeah. This looks really cool. I'm disappointed in us, right? <laughs> it's just it's only so many hours in a day, you know, Joe. <laughs> this is great. Now there's going to be even less hours in the day because I know about this now too. This is awesome. Well, that's great. Um, Norm, what about you? 
Uh, I I am working on, I guess, like four things right now, and I can't talk about them. Oh. And if if they if they come to fruition, it'll be like 2021 before you see them. So, <laughs> uh, but I, I am working. I just I can't talk about it. Good problems. I'm I'm gonna ask you about that. Like not the not the um the things themselves, but how hard is it to be working on that many things that you just can't discuss with people? Like, is it, is it hard or is it just part of the job? Uh, no, I like, I like it that way. Cause you know, um, part of it is like, I don't want to talk about it cause it might never happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would, I would like to just fail in silence. <laughs> like, hey, whatever happened to that project? Like, and then, uh, so, uh, once it's out, once it's real, then like, oh, that's that's all I'm going to talk about. But if uh, for now, since it's all so early, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, don't worry about it. I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. It always drives me nuts when I can't talk about stuff I'm working on because it's like, well, I'm doing art stuff, but I can't show it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've dealt with a little bit of that myself um, in an MFA program and I have artwork in the works that I'm not ready to share. And it's like, well, that means my feed's just dead. There's yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. there's nothing else, you know, I, there's only so many, you know, throwbacks you can, you can post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's cool. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for, for sharing all that stuff with us. I, I can, I, I, I I'm going to be very busy over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> um, we're going to transition to our weekly degree, which is where we talk about the geeky stuff that we did this week. And Ray, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I joined a book club, um, which I'm really proud of <laughs> because wow. in what hours, <laughs> what I know. hours are you fitting this book club? I know, I know, but, um, it's, it's, I think it's so far, it's more of an online community kind of thing. Uh, but I just, you know, I used to read so much when I was younger, just like, you know, we sort of been talking about a little bit here. Um, and I do a lot of reading now, but it's mostly like really like short articles and, and, you know, social media stuff. And I've just been wanting to like get comfortable with like a good book again. And a friend of mine, an artist or poet, um, named Yosimar Reyes, who I follow. Um, he suggested, uh, this book on his feed that looked really interesting. Um, it's called Sabrina and Karina by, uh, Kelly Fajardo Anstein. And, uh, it's a collection of short stories that are centered around female characters and, uh, also, t- uh, uh, brown characters. So it's, I mean, I, I feel a cultural connection to it and um, it's just really cool. Like I've only read a few of the stories so far, but they're really um, intimate, like slice of life type short stories. So it's perfect because, you know, I can, I can read a short story and, and feel like I accomplished something in the book club and, and not like I'm, <laughs> you know, I have this whole mountain to climb or whatnot. It's kind of baby steps. Um, it's really great so far. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so I've been splitting my time between that and uh, just working on various projects. Uh, I've got a couple of tattoo designs that I'm trying to finish that I put off. I had to put off until the end of the semester. And I'm actually working on mural design um, that I'm going to be live painting at an event this Saturday, this coming Saturday. So by the time this is published, uh, it, it, you know, it'll probably will have come and gone. But this Saturday, I'm going to be uh, live painting at a restaurant on Melrose called Sugar Taco. 
And so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been so long since I've designed a mural like this or live painted that it feels really cool. It's like reminding myself of, you know, some of my chops that I used to use a lot more often. And uh, so I've been spending most of my time just geeking out on this mural design, doing a ton of research like I like to do and just coming up with different color schemes and coming up with different compositions and stuff. So that's pretty much between reading and, and art stuff. That's, that's been my week. Well, that's awesome. You have to give us all the all the information on that on the on the on the way out today. I am notoriously horrible at that, but I will try to do that. <laughs> Usually, it's like the day of the thing. I'm like, oh yeah, there's this thing today that I'm at. Like, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> and my unfortunately, this will probably come out after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can get that into the our feed somehow. Uh, well, it sounds like you've been doing a little bit more fun stuff than I've been doing. I got to a point and I could not edit our last episode because there was not enough room on my computer, which I did not understand how that happened. Wow. Like, yeah, well, I don't it's just like it's got almost a, a I don't know. It's it's got a lot of memory. So, it, you know, I'm not that much of a computer person, but I know it's got a lot of memory. And so I spent basically the day trying to figure out where all the memory had gone because I know I am an audio hoarder. I have all of our previous episodes and, and you know, I, I don't know why, but I have all the audio from all the previous episodes. Wow. But I've already cleaned that off and put it on a, on a, a separate drive, like a portable drive. So yeah. and it, it didn't even fill up half the drive. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know what else could be on here. So I basically just started um, uninstalling, games I haven't played in a long time and just stuff that didn't look like it needed to be there and ended up getting rid of like 300 gigabytes of of stuff. Are you like me? Are you one of those people that starts to clean but then actually starts to like become interested in the stuff they're supposed to be getting rid of and you start opening these games and start playing them a little bit and stuff like that? No, I wanted it. Off, I wanted it off my computer. Okay, <laughs> like, like stuff that I stuff I downloaded like six months ago that probably would st- I would pro- probably still play. I'm like, I'll download it again if I need it. <laughs> Get okay. off my computer because everything was slow. Everything was dragging, and I'm like, like I play like three games right now. I play World of Warcraft. I play Sims Four, and I play. You know, occasionally like Grand Theft Auto Five, like that's that, that's the <laughs> stuff I play, <laughs> um, and and that was the only reason why that stayed on is I think I downloaded it a, a month ago. So it's like, well, it's, you know, I want to get my money was worth out of it. So everything else needed to go, <laughs> and all of a sudden, my computer actually run. It doesn't take forever to boot up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> my games actually run properly. Like. <laughs> It's funny because usually our weekly geekery is like fun, enjoyable, geeky stuff that we did this week. And yours is like definitely geeky, but it's like, yeah, I cleared off my computer. Like, yeah, not fun at all. It was like, it was a tired day I could have been using to do something else, but it's like it had to be done. And like my, my husband had to convince me not to just wipe the thing clean because I was that frustrated. <laughs> it's just like I'm <laughs> deleting it all. And he's like, before you press the, the red button, why don't you go through and see what you could uninstall? So, so that, that probably saved me a lot more. Well, it sounds like it. you were productive. Yeah, I was productive. Um, and then went right back into downloading like, you know, outfits and furniture for the Sims 4. So, you know, <laughs> it's like complete opposite ends of the spectrum, completely productive and then not productive at all. 
So that that's been my my week. How about you, Norm? What have you been up to? Uh, my week, uh, the geekiest thing I did was uh, I did a custom Lego build uh, of some Ghostbusters vehicles that I made up. Uh, uh, I did a, a pickup truck with a, a giant proton cannon like mounted on the bed that like spins around. And then uh, nice. I did like a like a Corvette that had been modified by the Ghostbusters, and it's got a giant uh, ghost trap like built into the hood with like the doors that flip open. So imagine oh like God, both awesome. those cars like speeding down the road, the roads covered in ghosts, and like Ray's in the back of the pickup with the cannon, like snagging the ghosts in the po- proton stream, and and Peter's driving the Corvette when the hood's opening up, and he's he's like catching what Ray's like like shooting over to him and. And, uh, yeah. So that sounds awesome. Is, are these, these are vehicles that you've conceptualized? Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, I, I was building a, a Corvette and, uh, and I was like, I, this should be like, I should do something with this. It's more fun. And I thought, Oh, what if it was like a Ghostbusters Corvette? And then I ended up putting a trap in the hood and then I'm like, well, like what, it, like what's it trapping and that? So I had to build a pickup truck to go with it. And of course, yeah, you had to. You just, yeah. you, you got to. <laughs> and then uh, the pickup truck has a trailer, so that the Corvette can like you know be carried around when they're not uh, in battle. And, uh, Please tell awesome. me you like record these and post them somewhere so people can watch because it sounds fascinating. Uh, I don't like record the building process. That's not any fun at all. But I, I've got a Flickr account where I, I post everything. Okay, I, I we we need to link that into the show notes because people are going to want to see those. We can do that. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Uh, how about you, Val? Um, trying to think. I watched that uh, 40th anniversary concert film of The Cure. Nice. Um, really good. They they are still really good. <laughs> um, you, Robert Smith sounds exactly the same as he did like again like 40 years ago. It's kind of weird. <laughs> But uh, no, it, it's it's a great concert. It's it's <laughs> super long. Like the the encore for it is like probably like a normal concert length, anyways. And that's just stacked up on top. Is that something that you sit and watch, or do you have it on while you're doing other stuff while you're drawing or whatnot? Uh, that was a Fathom event thing, so I had to go to the theater. Oh wow, that's really yeah. cool. So it's on the big so, screen and everything. Yeah, and it's got like a good sound system and all that. Nice. And watching it with the crowd. Well, it's like uh, they're never going to come here, so <laughs> that's about yeah. as good as I'm going to get. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that must be really cool because like you said there's a whole crowd there that's obviously Cure fans, so everyone's really into it. Mhm. Hmm, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much every band just kind of skips over here. I, I'm close to like St. Louis and they just kind of make a beeline right around. <laughs> well, that must be frustrating for someone who likes to go to concerts and see live shows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go to Chicago if I want to see anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, that's cool. Anything else? Uh, I've just been locked in my art dungeon and nice. <laughs> drawing art all day. Uh. <laughs> Ray, Ray empathizes. <laughs> sort of. I kind of I kind of feel guilty and lazy. I'm like, oh, I should be locked in my art dungeon more often. 
Well, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like we all had very, very geeky weeks. Um, some more fun than others, but, <laughs> but yeah. regardless. Um, when we come back, uh, we are going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to talk all about your guys' uh, comic, the sequels, which it was a lot of fun. So I, I can't wait to ask you all sorts of questions about it. Awesome. All right. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the geek to geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash CapsuleJ. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye. And we're back. And we are talking today um, to to Norman Val about their comic book, The Sequels. Uh, can you guys tell us what this book is about? Uh, yeah, this book uh, basically looks at like uh, what would happen if Elliot from E.T. and Bastion from The Neverending Story and one of the Monster Squad and the kid from Flight of the Navigator all grew up and uh what their adult life would look like and uh what would happen if they if they came together as a team to try to like relive their childhood magic which in their case would literally have been magic and Mm -hmm. uh disaster goes awry uh or disaster things go awry disaster uh happens and uh it's a uh real fun adventure that causes them to sort of like rethink uh what those past events meant to them uh, so we obviously don't use those exact characters, but uh, we we come up with our own and and the adventures that they had, and uh, that's that's kind of the story. Do I leave anything out, Val? Uh, I mean, that's pretty much everything. <laughs> you said it better than I could have. It's a- right. I think I was that. one off. I think I I, I called. Uh, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the one that you said is Flight of the Navigator. I called as. Um, well, 
oh, what was it called? Number five alive. Short I can't circuit. remember the name. Of Short, the circuit. Short circuit. Short yeah. circuit. Yes. They're not like they're not direct parallels. I I did my the. Uh, I, I really tried to like mix up like a, a trope from this movie and a trope from that movie, and so that, that it wasn't just like uh, a, a directly like oh this this thing is exactly ET. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Change the kid's name. You know, I, I didn't want it to be that direct, uh, but it, it's a real weird thing to pitch because everybody like is familiar with those movies, but those kinds of like a, a that kid protagonist that had that like eighties adventure. Like we don't have an easy word for it. Right. So to say like, yeah, it's about what happened if the adventurers grew up and everybody goes like, oh yeah, I know what, what that means. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I have to be kind of like continuously self-referential. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like it, it's high concept, but it's like the lowest high concept that's ever been. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, what? Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Ray. I just wanted to ask about the art, of course. Um, tell us about the approach you're taking with um, with Val and, and Bobby uh, in terms of the art duties on this title. Yeah, uh, do you want to handle that, Val? Or? Uh, sure. Um, so Bobby, he works on the '80s kids half, and he does a really great job. He makes it in the style of like old '80s comics, like completely like the dots everywhere, and like the limited like color palette that you had to have back then, and. I handle the uh, the depressed adult half, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is uh, my brand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but what I did when I was approaching it is I specifically would use like brushes, like I used kind of a fuzzier brush, so it was kind of more like. It felt more nostalgic, I guess, um, mm-hmm. than just being like my normal, usual brush type. And I try to use colors that were more like washed out for certain aspects. Like when they're going back and they're talking about like the old days, I kind of wash out the whole thing in kind of like a gold, almost sepia tone filter. Because mm-hmm. they're like still kind of catch up on, they're like, talking about the past and that kind of thing. So are you, uh, are you making this artwork digitally? Yes. I do everything completely digitally to the point where <laughs> now when I try to do things traditionally, it's like, uh, where's my control Z? Uh, <laughs> how do I? S- <laughs> oh my God. I identify with that so much. I just, I actually just invested in an iPad pro with the Apple pencil and, uh, Holy shit. Like it has really had an impact on how I make things basically. It's, I, I love digital art. It does have its drawbacks, um, especially for me. Cause like I will constantly tinker on stuff until I cannot tinker anymore. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of do that with traditional art too. Like I love oil paint because oil paint doesn't dry for six months, so I can keep going back. <laughs> that <laughs> <And> is true. <laughs> watercolor is like the opposite of everything I do because it is just really fast drying, and it's like not dark colors at all. It's all pretty light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So Norm, what, uh, at what point in the process or when you were creating this, this book, was it always meant like, was the idea of two different artists always baked into the story since the story itself takes place in two different uh, time periods? Yeah, that was, that was part of my original pitch, uh, to fan base press. Uh, and, and a big part of why they were the, the first place that I took the idea to at all, because, uh, I, I wanted to be really, um, I, I had a lot of big ideas for how this was all going to work. And I had no idea if that was all going to come together. Uh, and they, you know, I, I know them pretty well from doing cons in the LA area. And, uh, I, you know, I, I just knew I was like, this is crazy. And I don't think anyone else is going to listen to me, but I think you guys will. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, that, so Bobby's art is, uh, not we we say it's like the eighties art, but a lot of what Val draws is actually also set in the eighties as well. So Bobby draws the actual adventure that the kids go on, and the the second that that adventure ends, uh, we cut over to Val's art. Um, Got it. And uh, and and I knew I wanted that that hard line for like not to I don't want to be spoilery, but that that hard line exists uh, for a reason. Um, and, and that was part of the pitch. Mm-hmm. And then also I would include uh, Don that did our, our covers and the covers of every, uh, the four individual issues was the, like the movie poster, quote unquote, for the adventure that that particular uh, character had had. So I, what I wanted was for between the movie posters uh, and what Bobby does with, with his art and sort of the tropes that we're playing with, where you would feel like that you kind of have a, a really good sense of like, oh, I know exactly the the full adventure this kid went on, even though you're only right. seeing like so much of it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when we jump to Val's art, like have everything in Val's art be a, a, like a narrative unto itself. So all of their stories end up, you know, interconnecting. Um, and so that I was in four 22 page issues. I was trying to tell five different stories really. Uh, right. And uh, so the, the different artists was, I felt a, a part of uh, emphasizing those different things and, and hopefully getting it all across. Were there uh, practical or creative reasons uh, for you to, or story reasons or creative reasons for you to um, limit this to a four issue series? Uh, part of it was that, uh, you know, I, I knew early on that, that I wanted to sort of do like an Avengers thing where, where the four of them, you know, come together and have an adventure that's informed by their past adventures. And so it, it felt uh, like it, it made sense to just do like spotlight one character in each issue in a way. Mm. Um, and then also, I mean, part of it was just like practical. Uh, I, I had to pay for the art. And uh, you can only go so long. <laughs> so uh, I, I said, you know, fan base was, was super supportive of the whole idea. And occasionally um, I was, I was running into like, at one point issue four was like 36 pages. And they were like, yeah, you can have as many pages as you want. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm paying for it. Like, <laughs> of course you'd say that. But so um, I, I tried to, uh, I tried to impose those limits uh, partially uh, just a practicality, partially uh, because I thought that the pacing like was gonna feel off if if I let one issue grow, you know, beyond the others and uh, things like that. So uh, I, I couldn't necessarily give you a you know an exact reason why I picked the limitations that I did, but those those did end up becoming the limitations over the course of, of breaking the story. And I I worked from a really detailed outline. 
uh, before I started scripting. Mm. So I kind of knew where all the information was going to get, um, you know, fed to the audience and, and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I was about two thirds of the way through issue three, which is Russ's story. And I was like, I don't see how this is going to end in a satisfactory way in one more issue. <laughs> and then was so pleasantly surprised because it was so neatly tied up by the end that um, like as much as I would like to spend more time with these characters, because I really do, I think they're very fascinating characters. Um, I feel like their stories have just been like the, they're so well concluded that you don't want to ruin it. Like it's good that they're where they're at. Um, I'm not, I'm not an art person, but I, I do have to say Val, I was immediately drawn to your characters because they are, um, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. They're not what we often see in comic books, which is a very, like we either see very kind of big cartoony odd shapes to people or very classically beautiful, classically handsome shapes to people. Yeah. And these, these are very realistic. Like I love Avery. I just, I was just drawn to his character from the first panel. I saw him as an adult um, because he just, he looks like a real guy. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, I really like to, when I'm designing characters, I like to, try and give people different facial features than you normally see. And I try to like, again, I do try to make him seem like it's a person you could see just walking around. Like if you just stepped outside. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I, I think that's a little bit more interesting. <laughs> well, mainly just cause there's so many like supermodel looking people and everything <laughs> that it's like, well, there's a lot of normal looking people too. Like, I don't know. I, I like to always do that with my character designs though. Yeah. I, I absolutely loved them. I thought they were great. Um, has this been a story norm that you've been kind of mulling over for a long time? Is this something that is near to dear? I mean, you listed, you listed some really good eighties properties when you were talking about <laughs> yeah. what you geeked out about. So I can't imagine that, uh, you know, th- I feel like this has a very uh, special place in your heart. It does, yeah. Uh, you know, in addition to being just just a total like geek for everything from the '80s, uh, you know, I've got the the Lego City upstairs. Um, the uh, I, I I actually live uh, just a, about a half mile away from some of the streets that they shot ET on, and wow, uh, that the you know I don't know how well you remember the movie but uh, at one point there's a park where like a, a truck drives up into the into the park uh after they've stolen it uh that i i walk past all the time i drive real regularly down the street where the kids take off on their bikes and fly over the policemen um nice so uh it was it was like four or five years ago like i was i was out on a walk exercising and i i got to the park and i i needed some water they had a water from there um and I just stopped for a bit and I was looking at the park and then I, I started thinking like, oh, this is how the park has changed. Like I can recognize that was in the movie, but this wasn't, you know. Um, 
And then that led to me thinking about like, like how would, like what, what would Elliot be up to right now? Like, uh, you know, he, he was like, I guess 11 years old or whatever in the movie. He meets an alien. He has a psychic connection with the alien. He knows that alien can like levitate things and bring flowers back to life and everything. And then it, it flies away. And yeah, he's got, you know, a handful of people that share this secret, but like, I, I couldn't come up with a happy ending for like a 40 year old Elliot. Like it just, it felt <laughs> like that would be a burden, you know, like he'd never, uh, he, he'd always feel like so removed from society to, to be holding on to that. And it's like, how could you even like have a long-term relationship with somebody and, and hear what they think about like the way the universe works and know they're completely wrong, you know, and, and, and know that they, they'll think you're crazy if you talk about this. Uh, <laughs> and I, like, I, I didn't know what to do with that. Obviously I can't just, you know, write ET2. Um, but, but it, it was an interesting thing that kind of hung around in the back of my mind. Um, and that kind of dovetailed with watching uh, the internet lose its mind about certain things uh, based on, uh, based on how people felt about that thing when they were a child. Like, I don't, I don't want to point, uh, specific fingers, but um, I, I saw <laughs> Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, there's a couple things. It all kind of happened at once. It felt like, like, like uh, you know, people had always complained about, like, oh, they're remaking a thing, or they're uh, they're rebooting this, or whatever. Uh, but like, they it, it felt like it got like uber toxic uh, yeah. all at once, mm-hmm. and um, that kind of sparked with the ET idea um, and. It, it made me want to like pull like not just ET, but uh, what about the kid from the Neverending Story, and what about like this and that, and oh, what if they all came together to talk about it, and and then that's where like I just I jotted down enough where I was like, all right, fan base, I've got a pitch, like hear me out. Um, it's, it's I'm sorry, go no, ahead. no, no. So I, I just I wanted to talk about nostalgia, um, sparked from that idea from the park, you know, a couple of years back, and uh, that's that's where it came from. It seems like it's a really uh, interesting idea or concept for a story that allows you to um, access that nostalgia while at the same time commenting on the nature of it as well. Yeah, I tried to, and I, I tried to be like really honest with it. Like I, you know, cause I, you know, having, having it be sparked by uh, what it was sparked by, I, I didn't want to give a lecture. I didn't want to tell anybody like, like this is how you should handle your nostalgia. So what I tried to do with each of the characters is I like, I'd pinpoint a, a, a particular moment in my life where like my relationship with my own love of something was not as healthy as it could be and, and draw on that. So that, that was part of the pitch I gave to fan base press was I said like, this is going to be a Willie Nelson song. Like I'm just going to bear my soul. And, 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 and hope that there's enough people listening that have also felt that way. And get really high and yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, which was you know, when when Willie Nelson sings about uh not being faithful to a woman and regretting it or abusing a particular substance uh and regretting it, like you you know that he's not uh he's not lecturing you about your alcoholism, but if you can relate to it, then then you feel, you know, the sadness he's conveying. And so that's that's what I tried to do is to say, like, this is where I have not been healthy with my own love of something from the past. 
and and so where each of those characters ends up is um is sort of based on that so mm. and i let it evolve like as i was scripting i did you know, but like i kind of always thought of dakota as the gatekeeper the the one that was you know like this is mine and i'm hiding it and and no one else is good enough you know uh avery uh had kind of let it become his his whole identity um and he he didn't have anything that he was separate from his uh his past thing um scratch kind of similar and, and gwen like running away from it and hiding from like you know if you've ever like really loved something but you're like ah, i like especially when you're like when you're like 14 and you're like oh am i too old for this i can't let these people know that i love ninja turtles you know um <laughs> so it, it was just kind of like using that little bit of inspiration and then extrapolating from there uh that that let me sort of figure out where all the characters were at and uh that kind of thing now i'm trying very hard to like ask you questions that aren't going to give away the yeah, ending tough, right um <laughs> Yeah, it's very tough. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you questions once we we, we end the interview because um, just put in a spoiler because I, like, like just stop listening now. But I'm going to talk freely. <laughs> well, no, because I I don't want to give. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to give any of our listeners an out because I think they should all go, get onto Comicsology or or find you at your signings and and get this book because it's it's really good and i think especially for our listeners and for for what we do on this podcast is we very much talk about nostalgia and where it moves on to and toxic fandoms and i i was in the middle of reading the story and i'm like oh i see what he's doing like i at first I was just kind of like, Oh, it's kind of a, what if it's kind of a, you know, what, what, where are they now kind of thing. And I'm like, but you didn't do it as just a mind exercise. There, there is a moral to it and it's not a hit you over the head moral. It's, it, it's more visceral than that. Cause when you see it happen, you're like, Oh yeah, I think I've done that a couple times. Well, damn. Great. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that was the reaction because I I was uh, I'm I'm still worried that like somebody's gonna come up to me angry and <laughs> you know man you can't please everyone yeah. and uh, <laughs> you got a reaction that means that it connected with them somehow and if they if they do get angry it's because it hits yeah, too close exactly. to home <laughs> so you spoke a little bit about your creative process here and how you kind of allowed the story to evolve. Uh, once you came up with the concept and, and the characters, um, is is it any different from, say, uh, adapting a, a story like you did with uh, Ricky Tikitavi? Uh, this one uh, definitely was. The the Ricky uh, was an adaptation of Ricky Tikitavi, and Hap Haven mm-hmm. uh, is an original story, uh, but Hap Haven deals with, like, all of Earth's superstitions, like, so black cats, four-leaf clovers, rabbit's feet, knocking on wood, uh, Louis Joyce and I took took all of that and we kind of gave it a unified mythology uh, to tell this this story uh, about this girl on an adventure, and and so that was actually very very similar to to writing Ricky because I, I had these established uh, superstitions that right. um, that I was trying to be faithful to while still changing it. it. It it felt like an adaptation even though it was like it is technically an original story. And the sequels was the exact opposite of that. And it was really weird to have I, d- doing two things that felt very similar. And then actively on this thinking, like, I can't, I can't adapt too closely. 
because I am I am purposefully playing in some sandboxes that like I don't have legitimate access to. You know, like and if, right. if Steven Spielberg wants to lawyer up, like I could get in a lot of trouble here. Um, <laughs> so uh, I I had to I had to unlearn uh, a couple of things in order to uh, mold this into to what you know, what I wanted it to be, to be like instantly recognizable and nostalgia inducing, but at the same time, uh, free from, from being too influenced by the past. Yeah. Uh, did you have, did you have certain specific movies in mind or were there certain tropes that you sort of like had a list of that you said, okay, I want to work this in. Yeah. I, I actually, I ended up, uh, I started with like the movies that came to me right away with, with the stuff that I loved as a child, the, the stuff that I'm like naming, you know, at the, at the yeah. top of the interview. Um, and then, uh, like I said, I started to mix and match. So like everybody sees the robot in issue one and they go, Oh, short, sir, short circuit. Uh, but that's not actually one of the movies about a kid. Like, like that's all right. adults in that movie. Um, so what I, yeah, I, 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 I kind of started with, the kinds of adventures I wanted in the movies I was thinking of. And then I, I just started rewatching like my eighties movies library and, <laughs> and trying to find the tropes that existed across as many of those movies as possible, regardless of how old the protagonist was or, or finding like, you know, the robot, you know, there, there is Johnny five, there's the, the robot in Rocky four, like just robots were a thing. So, you know, uh, you could just play with like robot. Oh, everybody get like eighties. It, it kind of makes sense. Uh, it, it just as long as the robot is, you know, designed a certain way. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that became the process is, tr- is trying to play mix and match as much as possible so that it always felt of the era without being, without being a specific like over reference to, to anything else. Uh, well, that, that was one of my favorite moments was when they were talking about what they thought life was going to be like when they were adults based on eighties movies and, <laughs> and the different things like when they're talking about like, yeah, I thought acid rain was going to be a much bigger problem. than it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, Val, uh, kind of a similar question for you. Uh, were you, did you have certain, actors or characters from existing movies in mind when you're, when you're drawing these characters and visualizing them or are you basing them on maybe people, you know, in real life or, or what's your, what's your approach to that? Um, I didn't have any like specific people in mind, uh, when I was like drawing the characters out, I guess, um, I guess, uh, <laughs> subconsciously stuff comes up, I guess. And, you kind of mix and match facial features from people you've seen or actors that you saw in a movie. Um, (laughs) I have that problem uh, where when I'm designing a character, sometimes like I'll design a character and then I'm like, this looks a lot like this actor. Why does this look so much like this (laughs) actor? Um, But uh, pretty much the only one that I was actively, like, looking at a person, like, a real-life person for was, um, well, I don't know if I can say his name, but, uh, you'll, you'll know him when you see him, uh, he's modeled after Steven Spielberg. Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you make them bald with a goatee and an eye patch, of course, everyone's going to see Samuel L. Jackson. So you can't really avoid that. <laughs> <either>. <laughs> uh, 
Well, that's awesome. This is like, I, I really enjoyed the, these, these stories. And I think that there were, um, there's just anybody who's grown up in the eighties is going to relate to this. And I think right now, um, with all the toxic fandoms out there, it's just got a good message that people need to kind of get right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's, what's going on with it? You're, you've got some, you got some stuff coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we're taking the book uh, to San Diego. That's uh, I think the, uh, all the pre-order copies got shipped out. Uh, and so San Diego will be the first place you can purchase it um, without having pre-ordered uh i'll be there signing bobby timoney will be there signing uh andre gower uh star of the monster squad who wrote the forward for the trade will be there signing uh donna nice the cover artist will be there and um there's a full schedule for that uh should be at fanbasepress.com um but and then um thursday evening in san diego at eight o'clock uh there's a panel uh, that I'll be on with Bobby and Andre about 80s nostalgia in comic books. Uh, we'll definitely talk some about sequels, but it, it'll be a, a more general discussion. Um, and then when we get back from San Diego, if you're in the LA area, uh, Heidi Ho Comics uh, in Santa Monica is hosting a uh, an 80s party release deal uh, that'll have, again, me, Bobby, and I believe Andre is going to be there. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. Uh, but I believe that's the case. And that's the that's Saturday uh, after uh, this coming weekend with San Diego. Um, the exact date escapes me. So there's lots of chances to see the book and, and get it signed by one or more members of the creative team right now. And nice. also uh, fanbasepress.com. You can buy your copy there or on Comixology. Yeah, and then the the individual issues on Comicsology are ninety nine cents, guys. So you don't have an excuse. Like, <laughs> like there's really no excuse. You can read the whole thing for four bucks. Yeah, um, I, I got it, one more question. Go for it. Uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but have you given any thought to a sequel to the sequels? I I have. I I know almost exactly what the sequel <laughs> to the sequels would be. Uh, that that was one of the things I mentioned when you asked what I was working on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll that. Uh, I, there's nothing set in stone right now. Fan base and I need to have uh, further discussions, but I at least I I know what the story is, and and whether uh, we have a chance to tell that story or not depends on a lot of other factors. But um, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, that's all I'll say. I have many more questions, but I'm not, I'm not going to start throwing stuff out there right now. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, this episode is coming out because of the, the magic of podcast time travel. This will be coming out after Comic-Con, but before the event on the 27th. Right. So um, we will we will promote and promote and promote the Comic-Con stuff. I know I'm going to be there. Ray's going to be there a little bit. Um, and so we'll, we'll get that out on our feeds. And uh, we'll definitely, and we did do on the episode before this a promo for your 27th event. So hopefully we will get you people there. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks guys for for joining us today and um, and hanging out with us. I, I think this has been a really <laughs> one of our more fun episodes because uh, like we've we've learned a little bit about stuff that we're now going to dive into, and we've got good books to read and. And I think I think overall a success. So thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah. Um, any shout outs for, for, uh, people listening today? I have a shout out. Um, I mentioned him already earlier in the podcast when talking about my, uh, the book club that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to give a shout out to Yossi. Uh, Yossi Marreyes. He's a, um, he's a queer undocumented poet and activist, um, from Mexico, obviously, uh, also, uh, lives in, in San Jose. Um, and he's frequently hanging out in, in LA, especially in, in Boyle Heights, my old neighborhood. So that's kind of how we, we met through mutual friends, but, um, he's a brilliant person, uh, really great poet does, has his hands in a lot of different things, uh, really effective and passionate activist as well for, for undocumented and, and, and queer issues. Uh, so shout out to Yossi for, thanks for, for starting this book club and, and getting me reading again. Awesome. That's a good one. Norm, Val, anybody? Uh, I'll shout out to Bobby, the the missing member of our team. Uh, Bobby Timoney is just one of the sweetest guys I've ever met. Uh, his artwork uh, is very similar to his personality, uh, much like Val was describing. Um, and uh, you can see more of his work uh, outside the sequels at twincomics.com. Uh, him and his twin brother, uh, Peter, make some, some wonderful stuff together. And uh, so... Since he couldn't make the podcast, I will. I'll give him that plug. <laughs> what about you, Val? Um, I'd like to plug my flatter, uh, Dana Pope. Uh, she's really good. Uh, she helped me a lot with just laying down the color flat so I could come in color. Um, if you ever need someone to do that, hit her up. Also, Don. His covers are amazing, uh, and we've already talked about that, but yeah. when they were coming in, it was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, if you, if you like Don's work, uh, he's got a, a new comic from Scout Comics called Rise, so uh, go look that up, and uh, he does all the artwork on that. I think he writes, too, or co-writes, but it's, it's really amazing. Great. Young Gwendolyn gave me a really, on the cover especially, gave me a very strong Punky Brewster vibe. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's Val's design. Um, but, uh, yeah. That, uh, that, I think that is my favorite cover of all four of them. With the, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's an alien just leaning in. And, oh. It's real good. That's great. <laughs> Um, I'm going to throw a couple shout outs out there. Since this is the episode after Comic-Con, I want to thank everybody who we met up with at Comic-Con. I'm obviously not going to mention by name because I don't know who you are yet, but I know there's going to be quite a few of us. So um, thank you for making this Comic-Con very special. And then I also want to uh, give a shout out to uh, Barbara and Bryant Dillon from Fanbase Press because we love uh, we love them. We love Fanbase Press. They're the best. Everybody... Yeah, everybody that that works with fan based press are like the nicest people. So the more we can support them, the happier we are. Uh, next week we are going to be talking to our. We've already talked to Capsule J, who's one of our Twitch streamers, but we're going to talk to Troidal Power, um, also one of our uh, Twitch streamers. We've been trying for a while to get him on the show, but schedules have not worked out. So, so we're very excited that we finally worked that out. <laughs> uh, and so you'll be hearing about him, um, next week. 
All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and Sometimes Rob. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Troidal Power. And make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geek2.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. Also, hop onto our, our, um, Slack channel, uh, especially, uh, if you want to see all the coverage that Ray gave, uh, Comic Con. That's right. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? Uh, I spend way too much time on social media, so you can always find me there. Uh, I'm at a username RayVargas3 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, and if you want to check out my artwork, you can visit my website, uh, RayVargas3.com. Uh, Norm, how about you? Uh, I'm at that norm dude on Twitter and Instagram. And Val? Um, I'm at Fishmas or at Fishmas Art most places. Perfect. And we will put all that stuff on the show notes. So if you guys want easy access to their information, it will be there. Well, thanks again, guys, for joining us this week. Yeah, um, thank you. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah, thanks for having us. Definitely. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Hey, Geektitude listeners. I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming, and we love to talk about what a workout and talk with people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that.